Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Alex. Hey, hey, hey. And Dan. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about Marvel's Black Panther and the roles of heroes and leadership and all that great stuff. So, spoiler alert. Please sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So guys, um, I'll get the ball rolling. I loved Black Panther. I thought it was great. It's probably in my top three of the Marvel movies. Ooh. Um, I had a really great time. I think one of my more favorite aspects is that it was somewhat of an origin story, but they had introduced this character in Civil War, and so we didn't have to spend a lot of time like getting to know him. Like, he already had this Uncle Ben moment in Civil War with his father, Pat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got to skip right over that and then get into the good stuff. But they still had like enough exposition at the beginning where we saw it as a story in isolation where you didn't necessarily have to watch Civil War in order to watch this movie. There's a lot of fun characters. I uh, It is a fantastic supporting cast that, to me, it eclipsed the main cast. I wouldn't necessarily say that the eclipsed the main character individually, but definitely, like, as a whole, like, they all took up more time than the main character did. And in a good way. And they, one thing I liked about Black Panther as a superhero and as a king is that everyone was loyal to him, but they all, like, had such a friendly vibe with him and were willing to, like, I guess make fun of him, condescend him, but in a very, like, friendly demeanor. And... He was very comfortable with that. Like, I'm the king, but I'm not going to demand your respect because I recognize that I still have your loyalty. Yeah, I loved uh, very early in the beginning when uh, T'Challa is like walking into the panther cave and Shuri, his sister, is like, oh, all hail the king. And he's like, stop it. Like, knock that off. I don't want that. And in the first couple of moments, like, oh. they're, they're telling T'Challa, don't freeze up. I'm not going to freeze up. Don't freeze up. And then, like, we finally figure out what they're referring to. And he does freeze up. And later, like, ten minutes later, they're like, did he freeze? He froze. <laughs> Stop talking about like, me. Guys, this is like, today's my coronation. Can we lay off on it, please? <laughs> I just love the display of their traditions and their unwillingness mm-hmm. or not, lack of need to explain things. And just get right into the thick of things and let you just sort of experience the culture and learn it that way. That was honestly probably the best way to do it. Yeah. That being said, that was kind of my like one problem with the movie was the beginning. They have that like narration history of Wakanda. That I thought like felt out of place, especially because as Dan, you just said, the rest of the movie, they just show you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so like whenever the there's a new king, they fight. Two minutes of Bright, where you just see yeah. the... <laughs> We should review that movie. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but, so, for, like, showing their culture, I thought it was cool, like, the um, display of African culture. And because Wakanda is a fake country... They um, sort Wakanda of... Wakanda is real? <laughs> well, um, it, as far as I know, it uh, yeah. could be uh, Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's the general public. Yeah, the general it's, public. It's a made-up yeah, fantasy I, place. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but 
so they kind of took from a bunch of different tribes all over Africa and then combined them into this one country. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And even within the country, there are multiple tribes that mm -hmm. happen to have the same leader. I liked the uh, government aspect of T'Challa being king, but he can still be challenged when like as he steps into the throne, any tribe can challenge him. But even while he is king, he can still be verbally challenged like T'Challa has the last say but every tribe gets their input mm -hmm. yeah I liked the display of how their government worked um because I like the direction Marvel's kind of been starting to take in some of their movies um so Spider-Man Homecoming was a teen coming of age story where the teenager happened to be a superhero and I felt Black Panther was kind of like a spy political thriller where the government happened to be led by a superhero. So I like that it didn't really focus on him being Black Panther. It focused on him being king of Wakanda. Yeah. On that topic of reserving the right to challenge, but the final say being up to T'Challa, I absolutely love the moment when uh, Killmonger is sort of essentially challenging the throne and all of his his close advisors and family is like who's this like usurper just like get like just dismiss him and not even hear him out essentially but T'Challa's the one who's like no this is important for us to hear out this mm -hmm. side like we can't just dismiss it as my father has like in the past yeah um one thing that Marvel got right this time around was how they used the villain and how the villain had a stronger motivation than I just want to take over the world to take over the world or I just want to be rich. Like there were layers to this character, but I felt like at the same time near the end of the movie, Killmonger still sort of ended up just being the villain that was gonna steamroll through everything and say, this is what I want and I'm going to get it. And he just really wanted to be king of everything, which I don't think had to be the direction they took Killmonger. I think they didn't have to threaten the whole world in this movie. I disagree. I think he wanted to be king of everything. He says, like, we'll run the world the right way. So it wasn't just, I'm going to rule the world and then, like, be king because I'm power hungry. He grew up in, you know, a very difficult situation found out about this country where he came from that like has flying cars and all this stuff. And so he said, well, I want to take over so I can help other people. I don't think it became just, oh, he was just a general generic power hungry supervillain. Yeah. I think in, in my mind is I wish he had started smaller, like his goal he steps into Wakanda, jump straight to, jumps straight to, I want to be the king, I want to be the Black Panther, and I'm going to take over the world as soon as possible. Like, he didn't have that plan of, I want to take Wakanda over, and I want to see what I can do with it, and maybe I'm going to help this continent. Yeah. And well, then almost, I'm going to help this, like... Well, he didn't want to see what he could do for Wakanda, because Wakanda was already fine, so there was no point in... Because we see him become the king and become the Black Panther. So there's no point in seeing him be like, 
okay, so like, what am I going to do with the Wakanda government? Yeah, what I meant was like, what is he going to do using Wakanda? Not like, how's he going to help Wakanda? Like, yeah. what's he going to do using Wakanda to expand like his goal? It just felt rushed of, I'm going to be the king of the whole world now because I have Wakanda. Well, I don't think it was, okay, I'm king now, go to every country. Like, his plan was an action of moving forward. You know, like, like they stopped his plan of leaving Wakanda. That's what the final fight scene is. Yeah, but in my eyes, they stopped the plan of him sending out the ships to every single country that needed help immediately. Like, his first move was, one, reveal ourselves to the world, but also through like all over the world at the same time, rather than a good dictator would. <laughs> they, would they would take over a little bit at a time. That's not what I'm getting at, but I think it just seemed like the stakes were exaggerated in my eyes. Like they didn't have to be saving the world or saving, I guess they were saving like the exposure of Wakanda but it still felt like they forced the hand of, we need to stop this because the world will be hurt as well. But the world would be hurt. Like, even if the ships were going out to one country, they weren't going to be stopped. So I think if, like, he expanded at all, he would expand indefinitely was basically the the point. I, I didn't get that they were exaggerated at all. I thought his reasons were solid enough because there were points where, like, obviously I wasn't rooting for Killmonger, but I was like, no, yeah, he's right. Like, I, I would also, like, want to use this country's resources to help others. Like, I see where he's coming from. I, did, I didn't get the exaggerated stakes. Okay. Yeah, I can handle a disagreement, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like Killmonger's motivation. I definitely felt like he made sense in that aspect of being offended that Wakanda prioritized themselves and their secrecy and their lifestyle rather than going out into the world and helping who they can. Yeah, um, that's why I love at the end of the movie, T'Challa goes forward with Killmonger's plan. And he says, okay, like, he was kind of right. Like, we should not just be keeping this to ourselves. We should definitely help those in need. And he did it his way, not Killmonger's way, but he still accepted that the villain was right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, again, motivation was intact. The way he went about it wasn't the correct way, at least in T'Challa's eyes. And although he agreed with what Killmonger was fighting for, he didn't agree that violence was the way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think finding out, I think T'Challa finding out that his father killed Killmonger's dad is really what turned T'Challa around because he was just, no, this is tradition. We always keep to ourselves. There's no point in branching out. Yeah, I really liked this sort of acknowledgement and realization that kings make mistakes but specifically his father made mistakes um, by killing his brother. And I think that's a moment that a lot of adolescents have to go through as well of finally recognizing that parents are flawed humans just as much as all of us. 
and they need to see that, oh, they tried their best, but that doesn't mean that there weren't hiccups along the way. And just like my father screwed up, I will likely screw up a couple of times as king, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't continue to move forward with whatever motivates me and what my philosophy is. Yeah, so the idea of your parents mess up and you should be your own person, but also you should, you know, in most cases, respect your parents and follow their lead to an extent is similar to the idea of following tradition or remaining loyal to your country. Um, so like at the end, after Killmonger becomes king and Okoye, who is T'Challa's bodyguard and the head of like that group, uh, Nakia, who is T'Challa's girlfriend, is like, hey, you have to help me take him down. And Okoye is, says, I'm the royal guard. It's my job to protect the king. It doesn't matter if I disagree with Killmonger. He's the king now, so. Yeah. And are you, job. you're even like crazy for suggesting this, Nakia, like what you, you are saying is traitorous and mm -hmm. don't make me have to follow through with my, my duty, like snap to your senses. Yeah. And I think that type of conversation comes up a lot as new leaderships come into power. Like when the new Pope came along, there were plenty of people who started a hashtag called not my Pope because he was a little too liberal for what some Roman Catholics were used to. And uh, when Obama was president, and now that Trump is president, there were conversations of not my president. And I think it brings up a good conversation of like, there's a difference between being loyal to your country and being loyal to tradition. And just accepting tradition because it's tradition isn't necessarily the right thing to do. Um, there's often a conversation that occurs of like, well, if you don't like this country that much, then leave. And like that aspect of if you criticize something, that means you don't care about it or it means you're not loyal to it. Or and you think, don't get to contribute to it like anymore. Yeah. And that's like a really scary thought of, no, we should definitely still have disagreements. There are ways to better a country and you can love a country without... And by like arguing and discussing this, this is how we make it better. Yeah, Not... exactly. That reminds me of this Teddy Roosevelt quote where I guess people were criticizing him and he said um, to announce that there must be no criticism of the president or that we are to stand by the president, right or wrong, is not only unpatriotic and servile, but is morally treasonable to the American public. So he's basically saying, yeah, like, even if you love America, you can still say that the president is not doing a good job. Yeah. And in he fact, goes encouraged he, to do so to keep in check. Yeah. yeah, he goes as far as to say it's treasonous not to question. Yeah. It's treasonous to follow blindly. Yeah, so I think that fits in really well in this movie, which I had heard that um, some like Republican and conservative group was comparing T'Challa and Killmonger to Trump and the Black Lives Matter movement, respectively which I thought was an interesting position for them to take because T'Challa admits that he was wrong to just unabashedly follow tradition and that Killmonger was right. So it, it's interesting that that group mm -hmm. would say, yeah, T'Challa's Trump and Killmonger's Black Lives Matter movement when the movie ends the way it does. <laughs>
Yeah, but there are definitely opinions that are shared, like, in the middle of the movie and at the beginning yeah. that mm-hmm. definitely resonate with a lot of us. There was that really good line of, if we accept outsiders, we are also accepting all of their problems. problems. Yeah. I, do they even, do they use the term immigrant? Because I think they might. Or do they say... I think... From what I remember, he says outsiders, but I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, well, in my mind, I guess I immediately translated it. Switched to your head. Yeah. Rightfully like, so. Immigrant, refugee, anything. It all it all works in they there. They might yeah. say refugee, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. If anything, I find that, like, sad or, like, formulaic, but the fact that this whole, like, conflict has to come to a head for change to actually occur and take mm-hmm. place, like, ugh, oh, history repeats itself as always. <laughs> So while we're on this sort of topic, I saw a tweet where someone said Killmonger was not a villain. And there were a lot of reactions. A lot of people were saying, yeah, he was only radicalized so people would think revolutionaries are bad. And then other people were saying, no, he was a murderer. Like, obviously he's a villain. So since we're talking about this fight over tradition or um, innovation, should Killmonger be considered a villain? That's definitely an interesting question. Uh, His name definitely doesn't help. Yeah, uh, he needs to do some rebranding if he doesn't want to. Branding? Because of all the... That was cool. Well, anyway. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. (laughs) Um, It makes me think of Martin Luther King Jr., who was... Is always compared... Or not always compared, but is always grouped into the same history lesson as uh, Malcolm X, even though they were completely different leaders they both were for the reform of um the lives of black people but malcolm x was a black supremacist he genuinely thought that black people were better than white people whereas martin luther king jr's was going towards like equality like we are all people and we need to treat each other equally and so it's interesting that they're always grouped together as like these are the types of leaders so, that help. This yeah. is the change that like made, or this is what made change take place in our yeah. in our mm-hmm. country. Which these I can two yeah, very different the, leaders exactly, and like they, I in traditional education did not learn about the differences in these leaders, other than the fact that they both helped. And it's interesting that they sort of gloss over the difference in leadership sort of to I'm not really sure why they gloss over I think it's a pretty important aspect to consider like there are good leaders that have flaws I think it's because uh people gloss over black history in general and so they're like okay we gotta talk about yeah, there's, Civil no, rights there's no movement. nuances. So yeah, I don't know. Shevin, what's what's the two names? MLK and then uh, Malcolm X. <laughs> MX. MX. MLK uh, and MX. MLK and MX. And then, you know, February is only 28 days, if we're lucky. So then we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, so I think that's why, you know, you generally don't get into Martin Luther King Jr. stood for, uh, you know, peaceful protest and was very much about equality. And then you get into Malcolm X, who fought for black rights, but for a very different reason. Yeah, and in a very different way yes. as well. Um, but when you only get, you know, a few weeks of learning about that, I guess you like kind of only hit the highlights <laughs> and you really only focus on 
Dr. King rather than Malcolm. Yeah. So going back to the question of is Killmonger a villain, I think he definitely went about things the wrong way. So he was a bad leader in my eyes. Mm -hmm. He had the right philosophy or motivation, but did not execute it well. And he didn't respect anyone who had a different opinion than him. And so I'm going to stick with, yes, Killmonger's a villain. What? But I'm right. So that gives me that gives me the right to be the the leader because what I'm saying is right. Is that not is that not true? Uh, you saying there's more nuances to being a leader. I than to, you know what? Let's get right into direction. this conversation. That sounds important <laughs> enough. <laughs> One example that I think of is Killmonger burning all of the uh, vibranium flowers. Which, what can't vibranium do? They just keep expanding on like everything that vibranium no, is. No, no. And that was isn't. the Black Panther juju. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was made because of the vibranium meteor hit the ground and like spread into the plants. <laughs> Wait, now we're getting into lore. Wait, are, <laughs> I think the flowers are separate from vibranium. Are no, they not? This, no, this happened during the beginning part uh, where they're explaining Wakanda's history, and the meteor hit Wakanda, and then the vibranium or radiation or whatever spread into the plant life and said it changed all the plants. And then that's why it's called the heart-shaped herb, I believe. Uh, That's why it gives you the superpowers. So it is technically vibranium. I guess intro narration is important. (laughs) Forget what I said. (laughs) Um, Yeah, while we're on this... um, But no, just the fact that they're... Not to say that like, the tradition should be ignored and thrown away, but it's like, this is the whole, like, ritual for our leader, the Black Panther. Like, this is why these plants need to exist. It's like, what do you mean that for? I'm your leader. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so that would definitely be an indication to me of he is still a villain because mm-hmm. he thinks that his righteousness is enough to be followed. Yeah, that's a really good point. To play devil's advocate... I guess looking at it from a point, like a different point of view, could be, well, he wants change and he's doing whatever it takes to get change and change it and and this change isn't bad. So I can't call him a villain for wanting change. Um, I guess might be where some people are coming from. I think you bring up a good point and it reminds me of that quote that gets used a lot when we talk about women's rights and like marching and protesting and things. Um, it's well-behaved women seldom make history. And it's sort of this aspect of if you try to revolutionize while still maintaining the status quo, like for the sake of being delicate and making sure everyone is still comfortable, it's going to make the process a lot slower or it won't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so to make people uncomfortable is the first step to change And then oftentimes that grows into sometimes violence might get involved. And even if we don't want it to be, it is one way to see more drastic reform. Yeah, I um, earlier when we were talking about the movie and we were disagreeing on whether the uh, stakes were too high, um, I will say I doubt Killmonger's violence would have ended once he took over. I don't think it would be, okay, I'm king of everything now. I'm going to chill out. Like, I think he still would have been very harsh 
And so for that reason, I'll say, and I mean, not just that reason alone, but um, for that reason in particular, I think I would say, yes, he's a villain. Because like you said, he believes because his motivation is right, everything. He's Mach Machiavellian. He's, the ends justify the means. Yeah. I think going into like what makes a good leader, a good leader listens to his counsel, wants a counsel, yeah. <laughs> and, and also knows when to uh, ignore his counsels. <laughs> exactly. And there's an understanding of, all right, I'm going to listen to your input and I'm going to take it into account. Whether or not I make the decision that you want me to make is not a reflection of me ignoring you. It just means that I still think this way is better. And I think a good leader can do that and say, I'm willing to listen to you because I know I'm not good on this topic or yeah. I'm willing to listen to you even though I disagree because I know you have more experience or I am willing to listen to you, but I'm still going to do what I think is the correct solution because at the end of the day, it's gonna fall on me. As the leader, if we're right or wrong, it falls on me, and therefore I get the final say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes T'Challa a better leader, is that willingness to admit he's wrong. Um, I keep going back to this, but he takes Killmonger's advice, and he goes with his plan. So I think the fact that even though T'Challa was like, no, absolutely not, when Killmonger first brought up the idea, the fact that he was eventually able to put himself into his shoes and rethink and say, okay, how would I do this? Really just shows like what a good leader he, yeah. he is. So first I'd fly in California into an uh, impoverished <laughs> neighborhood and land my <laughs> spacecraft in the middle of a children's basketball court. would be my first step. And the other aspect is that Killmonger's philosophy was shared earlier. Nakia, who T'Challa um, asks to be at his ceremony, when, when we find out she wasn't in Wakanda for a long time because she believes that there are people out there that need help and I want to help them. And, but I know that Wakanda wants to stay secret, so I'm going to do it on my own. And then T'Challa and her have a conversation of, how can I get you to stay? And Nakia's like, do something with Wakanda in a way that betters the entire world rather than just Wakanda. And he's like, well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> we've been, we've, the only reason we've had what we've had is because we stay hidden. And it's sort of brushed off. And then the villain comes along and has that same exact philosophy except he uses violent means to get to it, which again is why I would refer to Killmonger as the villain mm -hmm. rather than just an antagonist. Yeah, because there, there is the opposing view, but in a much more, I guess I'll say, rational way with Nakia. But we can also see that Nakia being rational didn't necessarily get results. Yeah. I mean, she was almost, like, her position as a spy was almost frowned upon. With, like, in the nation, it's like, oh, you're gonna shack up with that, like, like, she's not even in the country, like, half the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess, like, that question of, is it a necessary evil, 
the violence, like in order to see reform, or are there other ways to go about it? And thanks to Black Panther, now we know that there are. <laughs> uh, just hope that you have uh, fabulous technology beyond your wildest dreams. Um, I will say that's that reminded me of the mid credit scene. So that was probably like my second and only problem with the movie was that it ended the same that way it twice. Ended? Yeah, yeah, that it, I had to stop watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I spilt my popcorn in the theater, and I was very upset about it. But so third problem with the movie, um, it ends with Black Panther showing the kids the spaceship, and the kids like, "Who are you?" And T'Challa smirks. And then it cuts to black. And then in the mid credit scene, he has a press conference and he says, Wakanda's going to help. And this guy goes, well, what can't your country's just farmers? Like, what what do you have to offer us? And he smirks and then it cuts to black. Like he should have. I thought he was going to like, you know, do the Black Panther thing. Where like the suit comes out of the necklace and he says, I am Iron Man. And then everyone's like, what? <laughs> no, Tony Stark's Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. I'm Vibranium I'm, Man. I'm Vibranium oh, Man. Which, get a better name. <laughs> um, which, speaking of which, the suits were great. Um, I really enjoyed, um, in the beginning, when Shuri is showing T'Challa the new suit she made. Oh, and, such a fun little exchange. Yeah, and she uh, he, she has all the different necklaces that the suits are in, and she shows him the big gold one, and he goes, no, the idea is to be inconspicuous. So he takes the more modest, normal-looking look- necklace so no one would see, like, hey, that's a Black Panther necklace. But then <laughs> Killmonger takes the big gold one, and I think that's because he's both American and, you know, he's like... <laughs> Yeah, I want people to know I'm Black Panther. Like, I am the king. I'm going to do what I want. Right. But also, he was he was trying to expose Wakanda, too. So that wasn't yeah, a so, priority. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to take a step back and talk about a flaw that I did see in the movie. There were, in my eyes, cliches that occurred that I felt were a little unnecessary. When Shuri... Shuri? 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 Shuri, I guess. Yeah. Shuri? Shuri? Sure. I'm going to say Shuri. Sure. When Martin Freeman... Sorry. uh, When Martin Freeman wakes up and is, like, exposed to the technology that exists in Wakanda, um, Shuri talks about turning off the powers of the vibranium in order to be able to travel to and fro in these magnetic trains. And the first thing I thought was, oh, oh, so oh they invented kryptonite for the suit. So that, that that's going to come into play in, in Act 3. Mm-hmm. And it just felt, I guess, a little forced. I often am not put off when it's predictable, but that sort of rubbed me the wrong way of, oh, they deactivate the power of vibranium. And she could have looked right at the camera and winked, <laughs> and it would have felt the same I see what you're saying. Like, I was also in the theater like, okay, that's how they're going to fight at the end because they're both in indestructible suits. But I thought that was, like, the best way they could have explained that. And I think that's the only way, other than doing the ritual fight, which Michael B. Jordan already won. (laughs) Yeah. So, and also, frankly, I want to see him fight in a Black Panther suit. Someone else who has the Black Panther powers in the Black Panther suit um, but obviously they're both 
in indestructible armor so that fight would not be very exciting. You need to so, expand on the rules of that ritual. The fight wasn't over yet. I didn't concede, but also I redrank the Black Panther juice <laughs> during the fight, quote unquote. And we're both unsuits. And we're yeah. both. Um, um, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's I. I. The only other way I could see it is if T'Challa fell down and communicates with Sherry like he does, and he's like, "Hey, Sherry, you know how I'm on the train tracks. You know how the trains shut off the vibranium because it's very unstable at high speeds. I do know that. I designed the railway and yeah. have control to it. I was okay. I need you to turn it on. I think that would have been much more lucky. But I agree, it was very predictable. Of like, oh, they're probably gonna fight on the train tracks. Yeah, part um, of me was kind of hoping when you got like the two opposing forces. And T'Challa is calling out Killmonger. I'm like, oh, is he going to sort of, like, uh, accept the challenge in the same way that he accepted being challenged? But <laughs> nope. Like, I'm the ruler. I don't have to put up with this. Uh-huh. Um, one thing I thought when he, T'Challa lost the battle was that it might end up being, like, a somewhat Thor movie where now he has to prove that he can, he can still be Black Panther without his powers. And so they were going to gang up on Killmonger on the railway because he's in the indestructible suit. So I'm glad that didn't happen. And we mm -hmm. definitely got to see a lot of the action that I was looking forward to in those suits, which mm -hmm. I agree I wanted to see a lot of. And they were very smart about it because both characters that were in Black Panther costumes fought a bunch of different people before they fought each other. And it was a lot of fun to see... Mm -hmm like some wins and losses in between all of that or throughout all of that uh also since you just mentioned it was clever the way like we they presented it uh i just realized they both had the different glows like t'challa had the purple energy glow and then killmonger's was gold mm -hmm. um that was pretty aesthetically smart aesthetically pleasing aesthetically pleasing Ooh, also yeah. i could tell who was who since they were in the same suit <laughs> uh i didn't think of that in the movie so i thought i just wanted to give a shout out to that costume designer <laughs> um while we're talking about the train and um the suits i would like to point out that those were designed by shuri t'challa's sister who is well versed in science engineering and medicine and is a young black woman so i thought that was very cool this movie had a lot of very strong female characters yes absolutely i agree um nakia the girlfriend okoye the bodyguard and shuri the sister they all had their own personal philosophies they all abided to their own thoughts and like Again, were loyal to T'Challa to the extent that they could be, but they weren't just side characters following T'Challa. They were all like, no, T'Challa, you're wrong. Let's do it this way. Or let me help you out, T'Challa, because you can't do this by yourself. And there were a lot of opportunities for these strong black female roles to really take the lead. And I loved that aspect. Yeah, especially right when Killmonger took over and they immediately took action. Like... Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that, you know, obviously they mourned T'Challa, but like you said, they got right to action. They took action. They were like, yes, I'm sad, but uh, also we have work to do. So Yeah, my country like, needs me Yeah, is one aspect. And I definitely liked the three of them fighting Killmonger. 
because mm-hmm. even though he was in the suit, they were able to best him a few times before like he overpowered them, which I liked. It's that kinetic, what was that kinetic energy thing or whatever? It's stored up in yeah. the suit. <laughs> That's not overpowered at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Shuri had the uh, the gloves that also like shot out the same waves that the train did to like be able to turn off the vibranium as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are definitely ways to defeat the Black Panther, which I think is going to be important moving forward in the Marvel Universe. And it was smart of them to reveal all of that potential kryptonite in the first movie. Instead of, oh, by the way, vibranium is weak to this now just because. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Just to get us back onto T'Challa and Killmonger a little bit, the two you know different leadership styles, I do want to bring up the line. It's right before Killmonger decides to kill himself, and he says to T'Challa, um, because T'Challa offers to let him stay in Wakanda, and Killmonger's like, you're just going to put me in jail. T'Challa's like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And Killmonger says... No, just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped off the boat because they knew death was better than bondage. Woof. I thought that was a really, really powerful line. I liked that the movie didn't sugarcoat the treatment of black people throughout history, particularly um, in America. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think it stems into a great conversation about imperialism and nationalism and how much people should intervene versus how important is it to keep yourself safe first as a nation and definitely imperialism led to the african uh, slave trade and it led to a lot of other horrible things but there is a philosophy behind imperialism that could be positive there are good and bad aspects of imperialism <laughs> And it comes down to not the philosophy, but again, the way you go about it, the method. So some aspects of imperialism are, I want to go help that country in need. And other aspects of imperialism are, I want more land. (laughs) Um, I'm going to help that country because then they'll owe me and they're going to be devoted to me. Versus I want to help that country because I have more wealth than they do. And therefore, I should share it. And we deserve to be top dog. Like, I'm pretty sure Killmonger has a some line along the words of like, because we deserve to like, be on top. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. There's um, Manifest Destiny. It's literally my God-given right to expand basically because of Darwinism. Like, survival of the fittest. Because I am stronger than them and because they are weaker than me, then I am owed this. Exactly, and that's what I've been reiterating like throughout this episode. Learn from history. Do not let it repeat itself in a circle. The circle of life. That's it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next week when we talk about luck of the Irish and the various privileges we see in society. If you liked us, Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you made it to your destination safely and on time.